I'm Marcy. And this is Akko. And welcome to the Color Pages Book Club, a bi-weekly podcast that focuses on fiction, fantasy, and magical realism written by writers from colorful backgrounds. Yes. And this is our last episode of the Summer Short Series. Uh, Damn. Right? I know. Damn. Yep. Damn. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, it happens so fast. I know. We're all like signing yearbooks. No one's signing it. Right. But um, <laughs> <laughs> no one actually even has a pencil. Like no one's we're, we're doing people. that. Um, but right. But we'll be back next summer. <laughs> so that's how seasons work. This winter. Right. And that, well, until climate change. But for now. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Okay. Seasons change and the years go on. Um, so for our last episode. <laughs> <laughs> what is this we, they're like, the Summer Story Series really doesn't have very good like, structure. <laughs> like 41 episodes in and like, it's like, it's like, everyone's like, haven't y'all gotten this yet? Like, I'm, I, I just don't. Okay. And both it, of, it, we're both like the shrug shoulder emoji. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's been 41 episodes and yeah whatever it's fine. it's been 41 episodes my god i think so yeah we are so right? cool uh, right oh my god we're like almost at episode 50 should like... we do something crazy for episode 50 <laughs> i'm like we should Ooh. Okay. Ooh. okay we'll talk about that offline and we'll, we'll we'll report back right we'll report back we won't it'll be like that book report we didn't do but anyway um <laughs> But <laughs> today we'll be reading Mulebone, a famous Harlem Renaissance play. <gasps> a play? What? A play! Dun, dun, dun. Marcy, is this our first play? Yeah, it is actually. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't mm-hmm. done this before. So look at us hitting you with that new stuff, right? Right. You know, just trying to keep it, trying to keep it cute and fresh. And right. yes. Yeah, so, and you know, this play was also written by Lee Langston Hughes and Zoral Neil Hurston. Yeah. So it was written in 1930 and it kind of just is like a slice of life of black people living. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be, it's, we have some thoughts. We have some thoughts. So we do. Yeah. Also, I just want to say that the full name is Mealbone, a Negro comedy in three acts. So that's the full name, by the way, because I just said Mealbone. Got you. Got you. Wonderful. But yes. So it was different for us, and we have a lot of thoughts. But you know, we will get into that in our summary section. We will. But Marcy, before we get into that, I yeah, yes <laughs> have. A question! Yes! What is your question? So, in this story, Jim and Dave's are two friends who are, I don't know, musicians or something? It's unclear, but they're musicians. (laughs) 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 They play instruments. Um, And they are fighting over Daisy, who came from the North. Um, Also, isn't Daisy who they fight about in Great Gatsby, too? I guess people really... Okay. Anyway, oh, really? I thought, oh, interesting. I someone's gonna be like, actually, her name is not that. It's like really. right. It's like it's her name's like... actually Hermione. It's like oh, what? <laughs> really? It's a weird to... crossover that no one really seemed to acknowledge before. But okay. It just makes me think because in Get Out, her name's Rose, and in in Titanic, her name's Rose. So the fact that this mm. person's name is Daisy, and then there's another kind of like famous thing with someone named Daisy, and that everyone's a flower. Um, yeah, these floral names. Hmm. Right. Anyway, that's not the question. <laughs> the real question, that's the background. The real question is, why do you think people fight? And this is like a big fight. You know, like, it's a big fight over Daisy. Um, mm-hmm. And it destroys their friendship. <gasps> um, <laughs> <laughs> These 
gas always send me like I know you always do it, but it's just like funny every time, and I'm just like I am just over here kicking. But anyway, yes. So there's <laughs> a big fight. They have a big fight, and it destroys their friendship. And so my question is, why do you think people fight? Because this is a common theme, right? So why do you think people mm-hmm. fight over potential romantic partners? Ooh, that is a good question. Um. So, ooh, mm, okay. This is actually really interesting. So, I think at the base of it, I think a lot of what, and and this is also included in like Jim and Dave's situation in the play, which we'll talk about. I think a lot of those fights tend to stem from just like cracks in the friendship itself. Like I think when people, when two people like maybe, you know, assuming like a monogamous model here, like if two people like the same person and, you know, they would like to, I guess, court and or date said person and like only one of them is eligible to do so. I think to navigate that requires a certain level of like care and communication and just like transparency Mm. with at least the friend involved that I think people just don't demonstrate. I think it's just one of those things where it's like that can kind of invite like, Oh, you know, room for like jealousy or like pettiness or like just other things that kind of like, it's like, you know, if people just kind of communicate how they're feeling, maybe we can navigate this with everyone sort of like unscathed. Like not to say it's not going to be like a difficult process, but I think it's just something that it's like, it's going to require a really direct level of communication. That I think some people just aren't used to doing in their friendships, even those friendships where people might've been friends for a really long time. Maybe there's just like, cause I think there's also in a lot of people's friendships, there's a lot of self-preservation and biting tongues and just like kind of just keeping the peace, especially if like you've known someone for a really long time. Sometimes it's just, oh. it's just, you know, that person so well, it's just easier to kind of like keep things not dramatic. So I think that kind of leads to a lot of the fallout because it's like that communication just isn't had. And I think just also just in general with society, it's like, I don't know. Romantic relationships are kind of just coveted as this, like, you know, this shift into a kind of life or a certain there's like, there's like an elevation of like, type of relationship there where it's Mm -hmm. like oh this is like a superior kind of relationship than what a friendship is and so i think there's like the idea that people will be willing to leave their friendships to the dust to like you know be in this relationship that's considered superior i think it's almost seen as like oh well like i mean this friendship wasn't as valuable about as this potential romantic relationship anyway so like if this has to like go by the wayside it doesn't matter if i can like still be in this like more significant relationship and i think that just becomes this whole question about like oh why do we you know, covet these romantic relationships as being superior. And like, why is it that like these other types of relationships are like disposable or not as, you know, important, important or Mm -hmm. not as resonant. And I think it's like, that's just something that as a society, I think we just do a lot. And it's because I would, I mean, obviously I would say like, these are, especially if this is a really good friend, it's like, frankly the way time and space is set up I'm, I'm sorry. But if you, both of you have known this person for like, you know, a limited amount of time and like, we really about to throw away a whole ass decade long friendship over right. just like this other person. Not to say we have to antagonize that person that we're both mutually interested in, but it's like, I don't, this does not merit the end of a friendship. It is really mm. not that serious. But um, I guess, yeah, it's just, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, it would be, it's awkward, but I think, I don't think it's necessary, but yeah, I think it's just a trope where it, because it's like, you know, romantic relationships are seen as like more important. And I think also too, it's almost seen as like a romantic gesture. Like it's like, Oh, like, look at how much these people are putting on the line to like be in this relationship. Oh my God. Look at how, like how passionately and how much they love you because like, they're like fucking over other people in their lives just to right. be with you. And it's just like, that's not love. 
It's just not. Mm. That's just not what love is. Oh. So, yeah. And this I think also, too, like, it's like, it's like, it's like a convenient plot line where it's like, oh, like, two best friends have to, like, are, like, pitted against each other and have to, like, fight. And then it becomes this whole, like, it's so compelling because, like, they're such good friends, but they just have to fight. And mm. one of them just has to lose. And it's like, does anyone need to lose? <laughs> like, I feel like I'm, like, in the Coliseum about to watch the battle. And everyone's like, someone has to lose. And I'm like, I don't think anyone does. <laughs> and they're like, how did you enter this Coliseum fantasy? Your, like, ideology is, like, very contrary to everything else that's happening. Like, how did you get here? And I'm like, I don't know. The interest fee was free. It was um, free. <laughs> so, like, I just, you know, I feel like all of that happens. Um, so yeah so I think it's just like it, it, it's, 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 it's a convenient plot device and I think it also adds a layer of grit to because like friendships are very I mean I, ideally would be a typically peaceful experience and so I think introducing that kind of conflict kind of adds some like grit and it's like ooh like what's gonna happen and I'm like I just feel like we don't and then everyone else in the Coliseum is like I just like why like, you're, like we're trying to have fun you're really <laughs> analyzing the whole situation right now um, so um yeah, those are my thoughts. What do you think? First of all, if we're in this coliseum together, like I'm, I came back with popcorn. I'm like, oh, here you go. Add a little salt, you know, make sure you look good butter and everything. But uh, right, because sometimes it'd be too salty. And you're just like, oh, girl, we gotta taste this first. It's like, true. I'm not trying to get hypertension from this damn popcorn. That's actually so. facts. When we can all go back to movie theaters, which might be never. Uh, right. <laughs> I have like a slushy. Somehow we're in a coliseum, but there's like a slushy machine and like popcorn. Right. <laughs> the listeners are like, this metaphor has gone on too long. Um, there's like there's like a kid, like a kid's box of snacks. It's just like I'm why dead. are there like fucking now and later's in this like weird 14th century <laughs> fantasy? But um, <laughs> someone's like, this is anachronistic, and you're like, okay, well, fight <laughs> me. I don't know. Um. Anyway, so I think you make a lot of good points that there's some underlying friendship tension that usually is exacerbated Mm -hmm. by the romantic interests and i was Mm -hmm. so on the one hand i think that it's one of many like different types of tension friendship tensions like it could be a job it could be Mm. people growing apart because of age and like moving somewhere else or like right taking on a different status in the society that they live in and so on that on that end i'm like okay this is just one of many tensions like if you think about like friendship plot lines and the tensions that could happen in a friendship plot line this is like one of many right. and on that front i'm like okay but i also think that sometimes this one is hyped up more than other ones and uh, very often and, oh yeah i would agree with that definitely yes and i think it's it's for all the reasons you said and then i'm also thinking that it's people attribute a level of status and success to the type of romantic partner they can get, especially like in a like in the setting where it's like a small town and there's like one person who's like the most beautiful person in town. Mm. So it almost comes from this like sense of insecurity or like Ooh. worth, like society. This if I get this person, what does that mean about me and mm-hmm. and my social clout and like my worth? Which is like a very outside validation thing. Where in actuality, mm. what you everyone should do is look internally and find validation within themselves and then move through the world with that sense of self-confidence. But hey, whatever. Mm. That is asking a lot of society and existence. Um, but I I do think that a lot, of, a lot of... And that's not to knock it. People are insecure. It's part of humanity. But I, right. I, I think that um, 
it's exacerbated because people are trying to validate something within themselves. And as you said, something within themselves in relation to the friend. So if Mm -hmm. a lot of times I feel like there was something in the story where they were like, Oh, if one of them was more attractive, like they wouldn't even have been friends in the first place. So it's like, okay, what, what is it? what is the power dynamic in your friend group already? Or like, are you the person who always feels like the other person gets what they want and they don't ever have to try, but you have to try really hard. And, Mm -hmm. and, and and so there's all that. And I think sometimes I'm like, do you even like, even in the story, I'm like, do you even really care about the the romantic Mm. interest or are they a symbol for something more? And that's true in the gate, the great Gatsby. And I think that's kind of, although it's subverted here with the ending, (laughs) with what happens, which we'll get into, but I think the, the, the person becomes a stand in, for so many things wrongly too because right because the person sitting there like i don't know why i'm the subject at least in the story i feel like daisy's like i never asked them to get in a tizzy about this stuff exactly. i like, was just trying to live and i right. i do think another love triangle is just like a lot of toxic femininity in the sense of any character who's being fought over but there's a typical like ya trope and it's like people mm-hmm. are fighting over me and like that's validating and you're like okay i think we need to move away from this definition of like femininity yes. <laughs> it's unnecessary <Yes>. and problematic <laughs> um definitely so yeah i think that's why i know people are going to be like no people just get hot blooded when it comes to romantic relationships and maybe that's true maybe there's like a very strong sense of like desire and and that motivates people but I, it gets. I guess I think, and maybe someone else, if we had a guess, they would think differently. But I guess I think. I wonder. I'm just not sure if you have to like convince someone to love you, <laughs> like you know what I mean. Like if Ooh. you're not the red, readily first choice, is mm. it really worth a pursuit? You know, right? So like you two are fighting, but like if the person wanted you, you wouldn't have to fight because they would have just right. there'd be nothing to fight about, <laughs> right? So I wonder about yeah. that too, but it doesn't, I think that practicality perhaps does. And I, I can't even, okay, I'm trying to like turn off my practical brain and like sometimes, and I, I do mm-hmm. think that even though you can know that like logically, you can still get caught up in the in the desire for mm-hmm. that to not be the case. You know, you can want for that to not be the case and then hope that if you try hard enough, they'll choose you or they'll see you. And mm-hmm. and then, you know, you start to romanticize the whole thing. And then all of a sudden you're like imagining what your life would be together. Like, that's very human. Mm-hmm. Okay, like, that's true. And it's, it's, it's human to like want something even if you can't have it. Okay, right. yeah, fine. I'll see both sides. But still, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but even then, I still feel like the whole having to almost convince someone to be with you that still points to insecurity for me Mm -hmm. like it's like okay like if you say this person just like initially like whatever like wasn't really that interested and then like through repeated efforts like you know y'all were able to be together it's just one of those things where it's like i don't like if it just kind of naturally happened because you 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 can also grow to like people obviously and be attracted to them and all of that and so it's like you know sometimes it's just like chronologically like that just takes time and if anything i feel like that's more realistic i feel like for a lot of us it tends to this whole love at first sight shit is just anyway whatever so (laughs) (laughs) i think but but it's like but if it's one of the things where it's like even with that like you just have to try so hard to get someone to see you i feel like that's entering a relationship with like a really skewed power imbalance Mm. where i'm like "Mm, i don't think that really bodes well for this um and i don't know i think that also too it's like yeah like i mean having you know strong like desire and feelings and things like that like yeah like that can be you know very powerful and like a huge motivating force but i still think even with that it's like 
know, the whole like oh like you know they're just so hot blooded they just had to fight each other it's like <laughs> we really excuse a lot of bullshit we because do. someone just is in love quote unquote it's, it's like facts. it's like i don't like we should not be excusing violence because people just like like that's not <laughs> accepted. Yeah, I, I remember even thinking this with I'm not sure if I ever said this, but I think even in like when we were talking about Given with like Unoyama and like Sato's relationship, mm-hmm. um, which also was the last episode of y'all. Uh, if you just have not uh, listened yet, but um, I feel like there were a lot of displays of like this aggressive like oh like I'm like so into you, and I'm like you know I have. I felt very strong feelings and emotions and desires yes. and things like that in my life. And I have always still been like, you know what still matters? Common decency. Yep. You know what still matters? Not acting a mess. Like, right. you know, like I'm not going to like, that doesn't just give you a pass to just do whatever. And so it's I just, I, don't know, it's just, I think the whole, I don't know when people are hot blooded and passionate, I feel like it's, it's so skewed. Cause like that can just like, you know, people can look at anything as like, Oh, like, this person loves me so much that they're doing X, Y, Z, whatever. And then it like it just seeps into the whole, like this could easily lend itself to like abusive relationships. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of things where it's like, how we're taught to think about relationships romantically is just honestly garbage. Yes. And honestly, even friendships is garbage. <laughs> you just kind of have to learn yeah. how to actually be a decent person <laughs> just through time. Um, no, I think that's, that's really correct. So, Sometimes I like, because I feel like <laughs> the other day I was like thinking about myself. I'm like, you're kind of like a tornado. You're like a person in a tornado and like your emotions are around you, but they're just like a little bit further off. So you're like always in the mm. eye of the storm and they're like your emotions mm. are around. Whereas I feel like other people are like, I don't know, like fire. Like, you know what I mean? Like their emotions are very mm-hmm. in them and very at the forefront. And so I try to right. be cognizant of that. And so I can understand the overwhelming feelingness. You know what I mean? I can understand knowing that you should not make an irrational decision and then making it anyway. Mm-hmm. I tend not to go that route, but it is a route and I, I you know, people are different. But I, mm-hmm. I agree with your point. It doesn't excuse anything, right? Like just because you have that intensity mm-hmm. of feelings, it doesn't, you're not excused to, again, right. just lay waste to common decency and other people. And I, right. I think that you're right. The narrative we're giving to society and particularly to certain people, right? Like certain people are, are allowed to act so ridiculous because in the name of an emotion, particularly men, right? <laughs> like, oh, damn. <laughs> like, <laughs> I remember I was watching The Godfather and then <laughs> you're like, why? It's a good movie, but um, a great movie. Very well filmed. <laughs> anyway, but um, there's a scene where Michael is like in love with someone and they're like, ah, of course he's like, hot-blooded and of course he would do all this stuff and i'm like mm, i mean mm. i think he really mm-hmm. should think about his positionality as a mafia boss and how that would like affect this woman's life because it does in fact in the end get her killed in fact she's blown up in a car um, oh, well. <laughs> fuck. yeah and so it's like anyway the point is um <laughs> we're just moving on <laughs> <laughs> It's just, I feel like I also should have put a spoiler alert for ruining The Godfather, but it's also from like 1975, people. It is like another Star Wars moment where it's like, girl, I, right. I don't know what to tell you, sis. Right. Like, you had literally 50 years right. to watch this just fucking get, movie. Just get on it. Just get on it. Anyway, but um, I, I think that like men are given a lot of like leeway and that they just felt something. It's like, how can you be mad at him? He felt something. Men don't usually feel. And you're like, okay, but if I acted that recklessly, I feel like people would have strong words for me. Right. But, and, 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 and that's like, there are things I think they allow society, like allows women to do like um, that. It's emotionally reckless that I'm also like, you guys shouldn't allow that either. Like these are just, this is just not people. There is just a baseline of things you shouldn't, people shouldn't be doing. Um, right. 
so I guess the point is chill. Everybody chill. <laughs> Just breathe. Yeah. And it'll be okay. Also, yeah. there's not like one person in the world. I, I really do think it's a matter of status. I, oh, yeah, say it. Because... I'm thinking about it more. It's like just they, they in this story they had Betsy and Tootsie, who everyone said. I hope I got their names right. I, <laughs> I think that's their names. Um, yeah, and everyone's like they're great women who are like beautiful and nice and have stuck by you this whole time. And they're like, nope, we all need to fight over Daisy. And and I'm like, so there's clearly other people who actually you talk to. And yeah, you know what? This is a lot of ego and like a lot of stuff that has nothing to do with your own actual contentment and happiness, but rather mm. proving yourself and gaining a certain status. And that's antithetical to love and happiness. So I'm not about it. Huh? Yeah. I, yeah, I'm into that. <laughs> that is, I, I agree. And it's just, you know, I think romance can just be such a lazy trope to move the plot along and mm. i think frankly it's just that's just kind of what it is for a lot of people it's like oh like i know if i re- create like a love interest or whatever whatever like you know that's gonna, right i guess resonate and it's like does it resonate because it's actually realistic or does it resonate because like we're just used to a media landscape or like that's just how stories are told wait we're all gonna so, pa- we're all just gonna pause for a moment oh what marcy said all right thank you for that moment of silence um but yeah i think we could talk about the play oh Um, yeah we read yeah let's take a quick break Mm. and then we get back we'll talk about you know mule bone because there are thoughts Mm -hmm. oh boy Mm -hmm. (laughs) see you on a bit We are back, and we're yes, gonna we are. <laughs> we're gonna give a summary, and we're gonna try not to say our feelings because we have a lot or a little. <laughs> anyway, so I was like, "What the fuck do they feel?" Damn, I mean, y'all really holding this over? <laughs> right, us? right. Oh, shit. We're like, get to part three, and they're like, "Okay, we're just gonna skip ahead." But anyway, because um, <laughs> it's a podcast, you really don't have to. Anyway, we give timestamps if you want. Oh yeah, I'm not sure we ever said that on the show. Yeah, in our show notes, yeah, we always have timestamps of like mm-hmm. our discussions and then the plot summary. The, the yeah. Mm-hmm. So fun fact, in case you didn't know. Yeah. Anywho, okay, Paco, so- this is all you. <laughs> So the play starts with like a bunch of people sitting on a porch in front of a general store. It's like a general store on one side and a post office. It's a very small town in Florida, people, and it's 1930s. Mm-hmm. So, yes, um, it's like a yeah. Just think of like a one what's a a one horse town they used to say. Anyway, everyone's hanging yeah. out, and it's kind of like I it gave me like a barbershop vibe where a bunch of people are just like talking smack and mm-hmm. putting their two cents in on various topics that, like, honestly, right. <laughs> most like, girl to anyone ask, right? Like, anyone, right? Right? They're like eating sugar cane and playing spades, and it's fun. Um, <laughs> and there's like one serious topic where like Sims and, and Clark, who are two of the people sitting there, it's I'm not going to go into their background story because they don't have any, but. Um, <laughs> they're talking about like are jails good or bad and I was like huh that's interesting that we've been having this conversation since like the turn of the century for black folks uh, and then <laughs> and I guess just real quick for context so Clark is um he's like the mayor of this town so he was the one who I guess founded it 
Yeah, that was the other thing. Yeah. He was like, I started this town with $200 in my pocket. I was like, man, the 1930s were wild. <laughs> yeah, like you, I'm like, could you just do anything? Like what? You could literally do anything. <laughs> I was like, start, start it. you started a town? He was like, and since I started it, all my rules apply. I'm like, is that how this works? Right. Um, can we do that now? Can I just be like, I got $200. Can I like take part of Missouri? Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, so everyone's talking about it. And there's like this huge divide in the city. It's not a city. In this town. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, between Methodists and Baptists. And I don't know the distinction, but in the story, it's very... Honestly, me neither. Right. I, I think it's been lost to time. But in the 1930s, it was very important. So the main crux of the discussion they're having is... Oh, really, it's a lot of like sexism towards women. But... The main mm. woman they're talking about, her name is Daisy. And she has... <laughs> <laughs> Little Miss Daisy has come back from the North, which she was doing something. Um, and apparently, this gives her clout in a lot of senses. And also, she's beautiful. But apparently, she wasn't beautiful before she went to the North. So I don't... Maybe... I don't know. It's, yeah. it's magical up there. So Daisy is beautiful now, and everyone is attracted to her, particularly Jim and Dave's, who are two musicians who Mm -hmm. have dumped their girlfriends, Bootsy and Teets, respectively, um, because they are so in love. And Jim and Dave are supposed to be best friends, so this is rough stuff. Um, And so... There's like a subplot that's irrelevant where like <laughs> what's the subplot? Cody's sleeping there's a man named Cody Williams and he's sleeping with a married woman and everyone's like, SMH, that's awful and it's irrelevant. But um, <laughs> like it's like really inconsequential and just it, truly it just moves isn't. on. It's like, oh what? there's like a lot of subplots here. Like I can't even call them subplots. I think they're anecdotal statements. Anyway, so Yeah. Anyway, the story takes off because Dave and Jim are fighting over Daisy and how pretty she is. And then Jim mm-hmm. hits Dave over the head with a mule bone, which is like the name of the play. I don't know what a mule mm-hmm. bone is. I tried to look I it up. I still don't know what that is. Yeah. It's like, I think the, a bone from a, a mule. mule. <laughs> right. <laughs> what the, which bone? There's so many bones. There's so many. It could be anything. Like, which one? It's like the femur? Like, what the fuck? Oh, my God. Yeah. And I'm like, also, where, do, where does one just find I mean, a the mule bone? bone. <laughs> like what is this but honestly in like a time when you can start a town with two hundred dollars like i guess you yeah can like honestly them. yeah like i mean i guess <laughs> stranger things have happened yeah so again so y'all barely anything happens in this play so yeah so jim has dave over the head with a mule bone and mind you so for this entire like play like all of this is happening outside the general store so like motherfuckers just walking in and out just saying ridiculous shit um and this fight breaks out and everyone's like, some of them are like, oh my God, y'all can't do this. Like y'all are best friends. And then other people were like, fight, fight, fight. And I'm like, yikes. <laughs> like why are, y'all, why are y'all endorsing this shit? Also, anyway. some things are timeless though. Cause remember in high school, like there'd be people who were like, stop fighting. And other people were like, grab their popcorn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was definitely one of those people where it was like, I feel like. If there was a fight, like I was, like I always wanted to be at a distance. Like I didn't want to like be up close because I'm like, oh, I don't want to be thrown in. Mm. But like I do, kind of want to see what happens. Just messy. When just you're a teenager, Atlanta that's yeah, it's that's what's up. Anyway, continue. Okay, <laughs> so anyway, so this fight breaks out. Dave like passes out, and they're like, Jim, girl, you have to go to jail. And then <laughs> Sims, who is not so Sims, is like the Methodist, I guess, church leader in in this town. And so Sims and Clark is, are like always going at it. And they're like, oh my God, Jim has to go to jail. And then Sims is like, oh, you mean the same jail 
that doesn't exist in this town oh. that Clark started. Oh. Isn't that so funny, Clark? Weren't we just talking about that? <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny, Clark. Where is it going to go? The not jail? Oh, because you don't believe... Oh! That's crazy. Okay. <laughs> so Sims being mad shady, and then Clark is like, um, we'll put we'll put him in a barn. So they just found like a barn house, and they just were like, Jim, you have to go inside. And then he's like, I mean, okay, I guess. <laughs> so while Jim is in a barn, tea is being spilled about the trial. There's gonna be a trial, I guess, um, about the whole situation. And so like during this, like it's from the perspective of these like women who I guess are Methodist and so they're like basically just talking shit about all the Baptists in the town because the town is historically Baptist but but I guess more recently there have been folks who identify as Methodist and so like they're just talking cash shit and then at one point like these kids get into this whole spat because some of them are Baptist and some of them are Methodist and they're like fuck the respective other side and it's just like okay um so a lot of this is happening whatever skipping that um basically so the trial day arrives and so is this whole thing and everyone's like oh my god what's gonna happen like is jim gonna be arrested like what the fuck and then i guess like so daisy's mom was at the trial but was like y'all cannot speak daisy's name in this room and i'm like eh. <laughs> i mean it feels like not saying this is daisy's fault but i i, I feel like there's a huge chunk of the ev- like you kind of lose motive when Daisy's right just when Daisy's not in the removed. story removed, and then like I guess they were also trying to get like testimonies from different people. They're like, okay, so who was there? We gotta get a how what happens, and then there's this weird Baptist Methodist divide where like I think all the Methodists were like Team Jim, and then all the Baptists were like Team Dave, or like the other way around. It was like it became this whole religious tension mm-hmm. thing. Anyway, so basically they get into this whole hot debate where they're like, well, girl, technically. Like, Jim hit Dave over the head with a mule bone, which, according to the Bible, is not a lethal weapon, so Jim should be fine, was the argument of the Methodists. But then Clark, who is, you know, the founder of the town and also Baptist, was like, well, in the Bible, I don't remember this. Grant, I never read the Bibles, so I don't know. But they were like, oh, apparently, like, the bone of a donkey was, like, a weapon once? I don't, I don't know. I don't know um, about that. Like, I don't know if that's <laughs> canon. You know, that might have been the fan fiction. I don't think this is canon. That might have been filler somewhere. <laughs> but um, basically, they were like, oh, when, like, you know, a mule is, like, half a donkey, so you can't have half a weapon because a half of something is closer to a whole, so it's a whole weapon, <laughs> which means that Jim is whole-ass banished from town calculus. I'm and I was like, oh, shit. Quick math. So Clark really just defied time and space. It was like, yeah, Jim, girl, you're banished. It didn't make and sense. And I was like, fuck. And so Jim is like, okay, well, girl, let me pack my shit. Also, by the way, Dave is not. So it, when we originally read this, it seemed like Dave died. I was like, did Dave die? No, Dave. <laughs> nah, Dave's Dave fine. Is fine. He's fine. He's yeah, good. he's fine. So anyway, so they're outside. Of the, so Jim is packing his shit and they're like going out of town, whatever. And so I guess like Jim and Dave are like going to see one another off. And then Daisy is also there for some reason. Um, and so essentially the three get to talking. And so essentially what happens is all just very. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so basically I guess they have this like conversation one more time about like, oh, who's going to pick Daisy? And so I think. I think Daisy chose, was it Jim first or da- well, she it doesn't really matter. She doesn't really choose anyone. Like Daisy's like, I'm so sorry this is happening. Jim's like, no, you're not. And she's like, I am. And then Dave's like, rolls up. They're fighting. They're like, who do you want? I don't want blah, 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 blah. But then she's like, whoever I choose like has to work for my white yeah, employer. She- yeah, she jumps sides because Daisy works for these white people in the north. And basically, she I think she went to Dave first, to Jim first, whatever. She, one, one of them first. And then she was like, oh, y'all have to stop playing music and dancing. Y'all have to like 
get a job, quote unquote, and work for these white people. So Jim was like, oh, yikes. And so then I, I I guess she went to Dave next. And then Dave was like, oh, so I'm sloppy second slash I have to work for white people? No. <laughs> and so then I guess like Dave and Jim were like, you know what is the common denominator here? Daisy. Daisy's the enemy. Daisy's actually the villain of this whole story. We should be friends again because fuck Daisy and I guess by extension, fuck women. And we're going to go back into this town and it's fine because Clark ain't really running shit anyway. <laughs> And that's literally how that it is. The story. <laughs> also, if you think our act, our telling of the third act is a little jumbled, it's because we tried to find the third act <laughs> online and like could not. <laughs> so we read the first two acts and we're like, cool, cool, cool. And then we're like, the story's not over. And then we're like, hmm, but the pages are out so clear. Right. And like multiple sources were like, oh yeah, like mule bone in three acts. And then you get to the end of act two and they're like, the end. And I'm like, wait, where is this third act? And then there's like, book rags or some other website had like a summary of the third act i'm like wait where did these bitches find the third act? it was just I, no one knows where the third act is we tried girl we tried um so you know um, we'll be back with thoughts see you yeah in a okay bye y'all <laughs> <laughs> oh my god what a mess We're Hi, <laughs> we're back. We are back. <laughs> um, so I think it's, Pucho. yeah, this this book is hard for us because nothing really. Ha- okay, first of all, we do enjoy. I think we'll probably read more plays. I don't think this was yeah. the best example, and I think we got really hyped because we we're like Langston Hughes, Zora Neale Hurston, like this mm. Harlem Renaissance. We got very excited, and uh, yeah. then we read it, and we were both kind of like blink twice. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> What did we just get ourselves into? <laughs> and we're like, we can't just put it to the side. And you're like, but if we criticize it, will like the gods of the Harlem Renaissance like come down and smite us like Zeus? Right. Um, it was unclear. <laughs> so it was un- very unclear. unfortunately, I don't think we loved this book. I do love. So again, I like the like back and forth fun that everyone's having and the sort of. I think it's an. It's like especially when you think of the time, like they're really trying to put like the black experience and colloquial wording into an art form, into text, into plays, Mm. into society. And that's, that's something revolutionary, right? Like, again Chaucer did that and like um, the Divine Comedies that, no, what is it? Is the Divine Comedies what is it? The Inferno what's the other one? The one where they, Dante's Inferno, the one where they ever Ah, yeah, that's the same thing where it was like trying to move away from Latin into like English text and so there's something like revolutionary about taking your colloquial and your cultural Mm -hmm. life and in a a once you've been under some type of empire or oppressive force and putting in the forefront. Yes. Beautiful. Amazing. It still didn't like the book. <laughs> and there's just a lot of like like a lot of cat calling and a lot of like yeah. um being like, I'd beat my wife and you're like, yikes. Yeah. So it doesn't age well. But besides that, y'all it I, really doesn't. It age really well. doesn't. And but besides I did like I did find like I really liked reading the words because there was like different spellings and a lot more colloquial, but it you could read mm-hmm. it and hear and understand it and I really enjoyed that. Like the pacing was was good in that front but this book is mm. boring okay i'm not gonna lie to y'all yeah this book is very nothing happens <laughs> literally nothing happened um so <laughs> and also like it's not daisy's fault i know everyone wants like it's just not daisy's fault she was like i really didn't want these two to fight over me so i'm just kind of like 
meh. I do like the fact that in the end, the message of the story was like, don't cape for whiteness and don't give up your individuality for whiteness, which I think is what the symbolism is supposed to be. Like yeah. you two fighting over scarcity of resources when actually you should work together and and like, you know, the, the bond that you have and the, your musical talents and accolades that you guys do and that independence is more important. I'm really right. stretching y'all because again, that's <laughs> <laughs> you're really you are i am impressed Frank. i am impressed <laughs> how many good things you're able to say so yeah interesting yeah i and i definitely echo a lot of that as, as well i think reading it so there was definitely a certain type of nostalgia i think i experienced reading this because it was just like so I, I guess a little bit about like Marcy's backstory is um so one side of my grandparents lives in like a pretty rural part of South Carolina and so growing up I would go there to visit them and I would just I would spend like weeks if not months there um at a time and being there you know in rural ass South Carolina it's just kind of like well girl we got each other for entertainment <laughs> that's pretty much it so we, there wasn't really a bunch of like oh let's like play a bunch of video games and watch TV. it was just like well you see how the outside there's open space yeah girl just go up just go out there and just do whatever <laughs> the things that kids do and just like and my grandparents are very much like oh my god get these children out of my house like girl go outside like y'all need to go outside so it was always just kind of this thing where we would just like be laying around and just kind of like fucking around all day and it was one of those things where it was like it, like in that same sort of similar cadence of oh and also just like people being in and out like motherfuckers did not call you in advance they're coming over like motherfuckers <laughs> just showed up they just were there and they're just like oh i guess this uncle's here now all of a sudden and like whatever um or like people would just have random barbecues because it's like i mean we're i mean girl what else is in like there's a barbecue we're all going right. like, it was just it was very just like kind of very much giving you sort of similar energy in terms of like just like this very like slow pace just like kind of people in and out very like community oriented very colloquial mm. so i feel like reading that even though like I don't know what the setting of this play was, but like it, it was kind Florida. of that energy. There's, it was Florida. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So reading that, I was kind of like, okay, this is definitely giving me sort of like a nostalgic, like Southern energy. Like I can, I can appreciate Ooh. that. Like there was like some familiarity there. So I was like, okay, cute, cute. And this might be anachronistic. Anachronistic means, by the way, if you didn't know, it's like taking the present and kind of projecting it onto the past, like adding a oh. clock to a story where there's before clocks were invented or something, you know? Um, Interesting. Hmm. But I feel like, and maybe not, but I feel like I liked the community organizing. It's 1930s. There's case law. There's the legal system in the 1930s. There's yeah. a pretty robust legal system in America. But they're like, no, we're not going to do that. They have like a trial, but really it's just everyone in the town like figuring out how they feel about this. And is it right. marred by this very strong Baptist Methodist fight that has nothing to do with like the text of the religions, differences between right. the two? It's actually just like a feud between families and power dynamics. Pretty much. But it is kind of cool to see this like communal decision making and justice system and the punishment is just like not that harsh They're like jim has to go for two years and then he can like come back and you're like oh my oh, it was only for two years oh yeah it wasn't it, oh i, mean, two I thought years. it was for life no, damn no, no, no. Oh, okay huh but also it was just kind of cool to see the question is like oh we're not gonna throw jim in jail we're not gonna like shackle him up like jim still gets food right. like and i after they banish him like jim's over here just talking to daisy and Dave, <laughs> and then like right they sort their <laughs> issue out and they just go back to town and i was just kind of like 
I kind of like this community oriented decision making and justice and problem solving mm. as opposed to this overly punitive um, right. right now the legal system we have is very punitive mm-hmm. I mean watch 13th or read um, the new Jim Crow or read yeah. any text about prison abolition because it's it's so devoid of this humanity oriented um, exactly model and it's not to say like you there's clearly power dynamics here and clearly you know people with different amounts of power but like i don't know it was nice to see that and it was also nice to see black people like with an intra-racial issue so like what there Mm. is some stuff about like white folks doing stuff like there's definitely acknowledgement that it's like the 1930s and like jim crow and like we actually like don't have the same rights but it's mostly just about Mm -hmm. them and their lives and like what's happening hmm i really like that me too i just wish the story was better Like, and that's the, like so that's actually really funny that you say that because so reading through you know I guess like how the trial was and stuff it was it just while yes they were like oh we have to figure out what happened with Jim and whatever whatever I mean I guess it's just because it was a comedy like something about it just all felt very <laughs> almost informal like it was like oh girl True. we gotta figure out what to do with Jim now like damn he him bitches with mule bones it's just like oh. I mean that's obviously a very like like that's I mean, we should not be hitting people over the head with bones like that's I don't not know. Like, it feels gonna, very he, comical like, to me <laughs> like it's just like very ridiculous like it's just so ridiculous but it's just like yeah like it, it was kind of nice to see sort of like yeah like just like like even like the whole like oh Jim has to be in a barn it's kind of it, it felt like they were almost like trying to uphold a structure that just didn't really make sense and they're like oh, okay girl just just leave for a little bit and just come back later right, it, was just, right. it was just one of those things where it's like oh we have to go to jail now and it's like oh damn we don't have a jail and I'm like see how this town has no jail <laughs> right and it's like fine. Okay, cool. Just just observe. Just file observe. Save. Okay, cool. So everyone that's like, oh yeah, we need jails. Mm. Do we? So, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, oh, it seems like we didn't plan this. By the way, we didn't plan this. What the <laughs> like? It just happens to be in the story, which means it's really yeah. actually something people have done without before, right? So it's just I, I think kind of seeing that was kind of interesting. I mean, definitely Mayor Clark is like a complete asshole and like super abusive to his wife and just like, yeah you know, is. Very much of some like authoritarian bullshit, but it's also just like, okay, I guess like maybe this town is so early in its inception that like mm. people have more of a role in how it plays out. It feels more customizable just because it's like so early in its history. Yeah. Um so yeah, just interesting observing that, especially seeing having black people in the from the diaspora like be at the center of that. Exactly. Um, yeah. It makes you wonder if does a scaling up of a society require a loss of that community-oriented thinking? You know what I mean? Oh, definitely not. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't so. think so either. It's constructed. It's created for particular purposes. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's hard because you're kind of like the debate between, who is it, Clark and Simmon? Between mm-hmm. the, the jail, not jail debate is almost like looking at it. In retrospect, it's almost like a question of which way does the country go? You know, which way do we order our society Mm. in this very sort of punitive structure model or this sort of more like, you know, alternative model? That's not that. It's kind of hard because we live in the Clark one. So it's hard to know what the other one is. Yeah. Um, So interesting so yeah there definitely there are definitely like good elements to this player at least things that like you know can be discussed Mm -hmm. um no. So as far as just no, I think if you listen to this podcast <laughs> episode, you don't need to read the book. You can read the Wikipedia page. No, we just please, please don't read this. Um, it's just I, I think yeah, for me, just like the blatant just violence against women. It was, it was, it was odd. It was too much. It like was I was like, much. this is, it is, this is yikes. Like, and that's the other thing too that I like. 
sometimes that gets lost in nostalgia because it's like kind of in a similar way that mm. it seemed like men were at the center of everything and like women were very periphery and like you know kind of you know all this cat calling and bullshit it's like i mean those are dynamics that also too returning back to that south carolina fantasy that was also a thing like very much like just it's like oh men can just be out here just playing space and just doing whatever and there's just like there's not this like policing of how they behave and how they operate and yeah it just I don't know, shit like that it just made it it was like it made it too much to read and just like yeah it was just so casual that i was like yikes but um yeah and also just kind of a technical piece that i thought was weird was that so okay i don't read a lot of plays so mm. i don't know if this is a thing or not but at the very beginning you know before the first act they had like a list of characters and they're mm. like oh this is jim this is dave this is daisy da, 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 woo, woo, woo. and mind you they only named a certain number of people and i get to the play and they're like it's like motherfuckers who like their last <laughs> names or like their names are like they get a lot of dialogue and i'm like wait where are they <laughs> in the description like it was just like it was like all these random bitches like on the stoop just chilling playing spades commentating on everything and just like weirdly taking out having a lot of screen time way more screen time than like jim and dave jim and dave i don't think showed up until like the end of yeah it's true it's true and i was like who are these random who who is this like it was just (laughs) random people who like and i'm like i'm like i feel like we should just change the character descriptions to include something about them because i was just i was like who are we even looking at right now like i'm so confused so i was just like it seemed like that main cast was weirdly like on the sidelines, like just not. It's true. It was really. <laughs> it was so weird. I was like, "Who is fucking like Lim and or I, I forget their names, but just like the random people where I was like, okay, y'all are just. I feel like y'all what anyway. So first of all, Marcy hates it when characters show up and there's not enough background. On them. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a personal bad beat. He hates it so much, which is fair. But and also, I do think that the story was more about like the character of the town. But I was, I mm. also read the description and was expecting that. <laughs> they would be in the story more I, right i don't think most plays descriptions are like that i, I think usually everyone in the description is because someone's got to put this play on and that's the other thing i don't think this play was ever put on oh not until like the 90s i don't i don't think i could be wrong there's gonna be a scholar who's like you're so incorrect but um <laughs> i will say i do think yeah sometimes people like you were saying with, with the nostalgia thing like sometimes intersectionality is glossed over and i think that's a problem because once we do start to reorder a society in a way that's more egalitarian we have to we have to think about all those things that we glossed over such as sexism right. and homophobia and transphobia and and all these other things that we kind of deleted from the past narratives in the name of maybe racial solidarity which mm. yes obviously but also nuance right Mm. yeah i i agree and it's just and i think that's what what's hard for a lot of people is that they have these kind of like you know associations with certain groups of people or certain environments that they come from and it's hard for them to see or like or not necessarily to acknowledge it but more so just to accept i guess the like like the truth of what it was mm. and just kind of like in a way that i mean i could definitely like i think to varying sense all of us maybe can relate, relate to, to that in a lot of ways yeah. just being like yeah like even even if something as simple as like you know maybe looking at you know folks who may have raised you or like you know siblings that you have or whatever whatever like people that you grew up with it's just like like kind of going back and being like oh mm-hmm. th- there was some shit going on that we maybe at that time we didn't necessarily recognize or we didn't have the language for or, mm-hmm. you know we were really young or whatever but it's like yeah like th- th- i mean this shit is like starts out like this like these kids were playing this chicken game outside of the general store overhearing how like you know the men are talking about the women in the town right how they're talking about daisy and stuff like that it's like these ideas are going to just that's going to keep happening and like these might be from people that you love but like 
I mean, that perpetuates and excuses a violence that's just like not right. That's just horrendous, honestly. And you see it with the kids too fighting about the Baptists and the Methodists. I'm like, you yeah. are an eight year old child. You have no one has explained what the difference between these two groups are. So you can't possibly know John, who's four. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> Come on, John, who's four. <laughs> remember the Deweys? I, for some reason, they popped Yo, into my mind. <laughs> uh, the Deweys. So, Tony Morris and Sula, please get into it. But, oh my God, the Deweys. Just, <laughs> just the. Mo- oh my God. So we read adorable. that book, what, like a year ago? Yeah. And, like, Jesus Christ. Comedy goals. That one scene where, like, the Deweys, like, and Sula started wrestling on the bed. I was like, why is this happening? It's just so, so ridiculous. I can't. <laughs> and then somehow, like, when everyone fell through the ice, and then they were like, yeah, the, the doobies were there, but they were never seen again. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, wait, are they alive? Like, what happened? what happened? Oh, my God. It's true. Iconic. It's so funny. <laughs> oh and then Mrs. God. Jackson finally met with an open mouth. All the ice she had been <laughs> chewing her entire life. Just such a ridiculous <laughs> fucking bug. Oh, my God. Ugh, I stand Sula. Jesus Christ. And I just feel, I feel like Sula has some of this, like, underlying absurdity. You know what I Definitely. mean? Definitely. Um, which makes <laughs> me think it's, it's, like a, it's like a trope. And it's kind of fun to pull the through line of, like, black humor through literature over time. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. I, 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 yeah, it's just, yeah, definitely. I mean, the the play did not really meet our expectations. No. It wasn't, <laughs> we didn't necessarily like it. No. And I know we have a whole policy tip, not a policy that makes it sound really formal, but like, you know, we typically will, you know, sort of read one thing by one author at a time. Like we kind of just like to explore different authors. Personally, I would definitely be interested to check out more works by Langston Hughes and Zora Neale oh, Hurston. Yeah. Um, maybe not jointly, but like just like their own individual works mm-hmm. in the future. Because um, they are iconic. That is true. Yes. <laughs> this is just not yeah, a good example. <laughs> exactly. So I think, yeah, like I would definitely not be opposed to like, you know, revisiting them at some point in the future. I think mm-hmm. this is might be like a RuPaul's Drag Race like okay Shantae you both stay like no one's going home yet like no one has to take off their wigs but like y'all are definitely in the bottom two right we'll keep y'all in the competition because yeah we definitely yeah I want to see some other examples because this is who was not it it was not it Um, but hey if you're a writer look at that not everything you write has to be an A plus thing exactly and you can still be iconic so that's true or just good so look at that yeah uh inspiration uh we got there yes well um i think that's pretty much (laughs) our thoughts unless akka you had any other thoughts about the play well i think if you have thoughts the audience you can always hit us up at the colored pages at our twitter yes transition okay transition and there's also this really fun thing called instagram and we're there at these colored pages Mm -hmm. shout out to our friend who just kills the game and helps us out with that is slang it's slang every time. Also, we have an email. Did you know that? It's thesecolorpages at gmail.com. <laughs> so if you're like, actually, you guys read this completely incorrect, um, or you want to tell us what a mule boat is. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so, they did not it is really unclear. explain. <laughs> it's like, is the mule still alive? Probably not. Anyway. <laughs> right, we probably, mm. um, and hey, you know what? <laughs> Hit up our website for all this interesting information about what we're reading, what we're talking about, looking ahead. And it's just cute. So that's thesecolorpages.com. And hey, yes. leave a comment, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. So 
Yeah. So if it brought you any value, you know, we would certainly love to hear what y'all have to say. At the time of this recording, we have 21 <gasps> ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. And we promise you all that once we get to 25, we'll be releasing a completely bonus, entirely separate episode dun, dun, dun. Um, we, of Book of Martha by Octavia Butler. It was our first ever thing we ever recorded. And it was like very cute and very silly. And also, I was listening to it the other day and it actually ages well. It really? actually was just like, it was like, it, yeah, it was actually a really interesting like I feel like everyone's always like oh my god my first episode deleted but I was like this actually wasn't that bad like it was actually good hey look at this just four more we just need four more of you all to just leave us a rating review on Apple Podcasts and we will release that completely just separately just extra things for you all to chew on so yeah who knows maybe by the time this episode comes out like we'll already be there and Book of Martha (gasps) will already be a thing so yeah but you know for our Android listeners and wherever you're listening to podcasts just show us some love if this brought you any value love and enjoyment things of that nature we deeply deeply appreciate it so yeah Akko is there anything we should leave our listeners with before we head out no I mean again Marcy is so eloquent but um (laughs) thank you (laughs) but I don't think I have anything else so until we see you guys again just remember to stay stay colorful. colorful